Good morning. morning. And grace and peace to you. One uh, announcement that was overlooked, and I'll take the blame. I'll take the blame. Um, Sister Tammy had to leave this morning. Um, She had to go to the ER. She fell and ran a nail into one of her fingers. And she's going to get checked out on that and probably get her tetanus shot. So pray for Pray for Tammy. How many of you have not seen one of these fixer-upper shows on TV? That's what I thought. In fact, there's one of them called fixer-upper, isn't there? Flip or flop, whatever you want to say. Somebody buys a property, and they pretty much redo the whole thing. You know, they tear everything out kitchen, some of the walls, uh, paint everything up, new light fixtures and new furnace, new decor in particular, and then they uh, resell it on the market. We, in fact, next door to us, that this very thing is going on. Uh, The lady that lived there had been in the care center for about five years, and then she crossed over. And someone bought the property, and they've been working on it since the middle of summer. And uh, it's really being transformed. But they started out with tearing everything apart, tearing off the front porch, tore off the back porch. And uh, even now you see in the backyards, the old, there's an old sink laying out there. The old furnace came out. You know, it's just, it's all being redone. And uh, that's what sometimes you have to do when things get outdated. Uh, They just start to show the the wear and tear of time, don't work right anymore, and all these kinds of things. So uh, we know that happens. Now you know there's going to be a spiritual application to this, don't you? We're not just here to talk about houses. We're not here to talk about your house that needs to be redone, right? Or whatever part of it. Of course, you're always, always doing something with your house. The same thing happened. We, we can start in 1 Peter. You've got the little list there. The same thing happens when a person gives their life to Jesus. And I don't know if you recognize that, and I think some of you do and understand. And we're starting in 1 Peter 1 because we want to understand that, you know, Jesus buys the property, doesn't he? He buys the property. 1 Peter 1.17 If you address as Father the one who impartially judges according to each one's work, conduct yourselves in fear during the time of your stay on earth, knowing that you were not redeemed with perishable things like silver or gold from your futile way of life inherited from your forefathers. Ransomed is another word there but with precious blood, as of lamb unblemished and spotless, the blood of Christ. We were bought, as it says in another place, at a price. We have been purchased by the Lord Jesus Christ. He is now Lord of the manor, isn't he? That's me, my body, my mind, 
my heart is now his. Think about that. We cannot put value on Jesus' blood. And that's an understatement. That's an absolute understatement. The blood of God, as I like to say, yes, God being man, Jesus is son of man, but the blood of God. We read in another place where Jesus said, what will a man give in exchange for his soul? Jesus thought you were so valuable that he was willing to give his blood for you and purchase you, redeem you, buy you back from slavery to sin and to the evil one and make you his own. And sometimes I forget that. We should always try to remember that this is what Jesus thought of you, of your spouse, of your children, of your grandchildren, of your neighbors, of your co-workers, of those, your classmates, every person who's ever lived. He says, I'm willing to lay down my life and give my blood so that I can redeem you, buy you back. So Jesus is now Lord of the how. We need to remember that, the value he places upon us. And he's Lord. And he comes to live. John 14. Trying to connect some dots here in this lesson for us. By by our example here with the house. He comes to live in his new place. John 14, 16. I will ask the Father, here in the context, you remember this is one of my favorite sections of scripture. Jesus just told the disciples, I'm going away. I'm going to go somewhere and you can't come, at least not now. And they're all upset. They want to be with Jesus. And then he says, I will ask the Father. He will give you another helper, another helper like similar to himself, Parakletos, that he may be with you forever. That is the spirit of truth, speaking of the Holy Spirit, whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him, but you know him because he abides with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will, I will come to you. So in the person of the Holy Spirit, Jesus comes... You know, three persons, one God, they're perfectly united. You can't really separate them. He comes to live because we are given the gift of the Spirit, aren't we? Everyone who obeys the gospel, the gift of the Spirit is given. He comes to abide in us. This was a great comfort to the disciples because... Like I said, they didn't want him to go away. They didn't want him to leave. So this is why Jesus said, you know, I'll come. I'll come in a person of the Holy Spirit, but I'll come to you. I will not forsake you. I'll not leave you orphan. Sometimes it seems like we as Christians don't want the Spirit of God or don't want Jesus living in us. 
You know, we think things like, let's, let's not get too close, Lord. I need my own space, you know. There's still things I want to do. You know, I'll see you on Sunday. But the rest of the week, you know, I'll just do what I want. It's not to be that way. We need to learn to be like these disciples who didn't want Jesus to leave them. They wanted to be with him. We need to recognize that relationship that Jesus Christ wants us to have with him. And how, how wonderful it is, how joyful it is, how peaceful it is, how blessed it is to have the Holy Spirit living in us and guiding us. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, to emphasize the point 19, do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and that you are not your own? And there's that scripture to which I alluded to earlier. You have been bought with a price, the precious blood of Jesus. Therefore, glorify God in your body. We're not our own. Jesus has moved in. Now, he's, he's a wonderful tenant, Lord. He's, not, he's the Lord, though. He, yeah, he's living with us, but he is also the Lord. He's a wonderful Lord. He's a marvelous Lord because he only wants the best for us. You've heard me say that before. Now, sometimes we don't see it that way, you know. We kind of squabble with him, and we think, what are you doing, Lord? But he only wants the best for us, and that's some of the things that you and I have to learn. It is a tremendous blessing that he's come to live in us. However... And let's go to Ephesians 4. When he moves in, guess what? Some things have to change. Because he doesn't like the way things are. He doesn't like the decor in this room. He doesn't like this doorway here. He thinks your kitchen is outdated. It's got to go. It's got to go. And maybe a whole lot of things have to change. Depends on the person. Give me a moment. We brought it. You've seen it on the shows. Now, Jesus is very kind when he uses this. But sometimes he has to use it to break down a wall, to bust something out, so he can put something better in. But we have to recognize it's better. We'll put that there. See. Ephesians 4, 
Part of the problem with all this, and we'll read this in a second, is that we kind of like ourselves the way we are. You know, we've grown comfortable over the years, haven't we? I do this, I do that, this is the way I think, this is my modus operandi, this is my religion, and so forth and so on. But Jesus knows what really needs to go, and Jesus knows how much better you can be than what you are now. This is more than just saving us from sin, okay? Salvation is much more than saving us from sin. It's about remaking us, as we, we understand Romans 8, into the image of Christ so we are better able to serve the Lord and bring him glory. That's what this is about. It's about taking not just forgiveness of sins, but removing the causes of sin in me. Helping me to deal with them and get rid of them. And sometimes that's painful, as we said. Ephesians 4, I'm going to start with verse 20. I encourage you, we don't have time in the lesson to go through all of this, to start in Ephesians 4.17 and go all the way through chapter 4. Uh, 5 and verse 5 to get the whole thing. You know, Paul here, the apostle of Jesus, inspired by the Holy Spirit, is very serious about this. Things have to go. Things have to change. We're going to serve the Lord. Ephesians 4.20. He says, but you did not learn Christ in this way. And he's talking about the old evil ways that they all had you know, some worse than others, we're all different. Christ, and notice, Christ must be learned. We learn about Christ in the book, the Holy Scriptures. That's where we learn about him, what he's about. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught in him just as truth is in Jesus, that in reference to your former manner of life, and we all had one. And some of us still keep it around, part of it. That means before you came to Jesus Christ and gave yourself to him and said, Lord, here I am, forgive me and use me. Forgive me and use me. That's what we really say when we come to Jesus. Remake me so I can be helpful to you in your kingdom. In reference to your former manner of life, you lay aside the old self. Some translations have the old man, which is being corrupted in accordance with the lust of deceit. You've got to put him out. You've got to break him out. You've got to bust him out. And put on the new self or the new man which in the likeness of God has been created in righteousness and holiness of truth. That's what we're aiming for. Righteous living, holiness, being like Jesus, serving him. That's what Jesus wants for us. That's where we will find fulfillment as a human being 
because all sin has tainted us as human beings and taken us away from what we should be. But to come back and become like Jesus, this is what we should be as human beings, just as Jesus was the perfect Son of Man. That's what he's trying to do with every one of us. Will we achieve the perfection? No. But we've got to work with him and let him use us. Get rid of some of these things that we really want to hang on to, but they really hurt us in our relationships, in our service to God, in growing in, in spirituality. They really hurt us. But we want to hang on. What we have to do is listen to God and trust Jesus. It's going to be good. It's going to be really good. What we should do is welcome his perfect eye, his experience, and his expertise in redoing old human dwellings. He's had a lot of experience. Abraham, Jacob, Moses, and many others. Saul, Paul. Those guys were redone in the image of Christ. One way or another. Jesus will inspect everything and everywhere. The foundation. What is your life really built on? Is it built on the Lord Jesus Christ? Is it built on yourself? Is it built on your trust in money? In your own intelligence? What is the foundation for your life? What about the walls here in this house and the floor? There's a roof leak. Are you letting things in that you shouldn't let in? Things on the internet out there, maybe even TV or wherever? You've got to patch that up. You can't let that stuff in. Not anymore. What about the electricals? Where you get your power for living? Is it from the Lord Jesus Christ, or are you drawing on some other, something else to keep you going in life? What about the plumbing? Do you leak? What about the heating? We got the heat on, right? You got the heat on today, this morning, probably. Felt good. Brings comfort. Where do you get your comfort spiritually? Is it in a bottle? From some pills? From some philosophy out there or some guy that wrote a book? Or is it in the Lord Jesus Christ in his word? Is that what comforts you in the hard times? And then what about uh, what you've got hidden in the attic? You know, that you think only you know about. But you know that's not true either. Or that closet, you know, in the back there, in the back bedroom. 
What's in there? They're down in the basement, back in that corner. Jesus knows it's there. <laughs> Don't try to kid him. Don't try to hide it. He knows it's there, and he knows it needs to go. And in fact, you know what? You know it needs to go too, don't you? You really do. You need to get rid of it. He'll help you. You know, if he's got to use us, you know, it could be a little painful. But he'll make it, if you're working with him, he'll make it least painful as possible, but it's got to come out. It's got to change. You know, all those little things that, well, we're going to talk about that in just a minute. What about the lights? Is there enough light in your house? Or you like it nice and dark so, you know, people can't see some of the things you do? Sometimes we do fight back, like I said. You know, you've seen some of these shows in the, and the, the person redoing the, redoing the house says, well, we're going to take out this wall and we're going to do this. And the person says, if, the, some, if they're working with, sometimes they're working with somebody that's buying the property. And they say, wait a minute, I kind of like that, right? I don't want you to change that. Or this is a sentimental value to me. We need to keep this here. Sometimes we're like that when Jesus comes in. And you know, it's, well, wait a minute now. I kind of I like that, the way I am. That, that's good. And Jesus says, no, it's not good. It needs to change. What are we talking about? And we're going to go back to John 14 here in just a moment to close. What are we talking about? Well, we, you know, we could stand here all afternoon just about. Sorry, Helen. Uh, <laughs> no, we're not going to do that. And talk about things like this. And as I've been talking, and as I put this lesson together, you know, I thought about Jeff. There's still some things, some corners that need cleaned up in me. I admit it. We have to admit that first of all ourselves. Yeah, Lord, this is my weakness. This is something that I, I know needs to change. It needs to be better. It needs to be improved. And I really have to get rid of this. So here's some suggestions, some thoughts. These aren't suggestions to anybody in particular. These are just thoughts that came to me. Things like these. Be honest with yourself before the Lord as you read Scripture and as you look at your own life. Lord, what needs to change? Really help me to change. Be, be gentle, but help me. How about your constant crabbiness? Anybody in here crabby all the time? Never happy. Wow, that's, that is not Christian. We're supposed to be full of joy. You need to say, Lord, help me, help me to find the joy, the joy that's, that's in you. Because nobody wants to be around a crabby person, you know that? And so that hinders your relationships, that hinders your opportunities to serve the Lord and to interact with people who are unchristian, because you're just a crab. Your continual complaining, 
Nothing is ever bright. Nothing is ever good. Nothing is ever just the way I want it. Seriously? Do you think life will ever be that way? Look at Jesus' life. He said, I don't have any place to lay my head. Just came to mind. All right, here's two. When you get angry, and it's okay. We get angry at times. We un- we've talked about this. It's okay to be angry. You've got to deal with your anger. But you clam up when you get angry, and you explode when you get angry. And neither one of those are good. You've got to manage that anger. Get it under control. And then do what you need to do. How about this one? You want to control everything and everybody. This drives people nuts. You know? You want to control every conversation, everything this person does, everything in your house. You want to be in charge. Wow. We sure waste a lot of time, bring on a lot of headaches and heartaches when we try to do that. Jesus doesn't even want us to be in charge of ourselves, does he? He wants to be in charge of me. For me to listen to what he says. Maybe that's you. Maybe you're running around with a lot of fears. How many times in the scripture says fear not? Jesus says, don't be concerned. I've overcome the world. You have persecution. Don't worry about it. I've overcome the world. We have all kinds of fears. Fears of dying. Fears of losing everything. Fears of this happening. Fears of that happening. Yes, they're there, but some we let them control us. They're the driving force in our day. They distract us from everything else. Jesus says, that's got to go. doesn't honor me. Maybe you tell little lies to make yourself look good all the time. Some people do that. Your laziness. You want everyone to wait on you. You haven't learned yet how to love people through serving them. Come to me. Do what I want. Your love of or lust for whatever. Anything that replaces God or Christ Jesus in your heart. Food, praise. Just tell me how nice I am, how good I am, how good I look. Flatter me. Yeah. That's what drives my boat. Uh Uh-uh. Pornography, entertainment, drugs, you know, a thousand things. We let them drive our lives. They're more important to us in Christ Jesus. They're going to kill us. They'll kill you. Your selfishness. Me first. Me, myself, and I. That's my little God. Your sharp tongue. We'll just go on from there. Your disrespect for authority hangs around in some of us. 
You know, these guys down here in the blue, they're still my enemy. Wow, where did I learn that? The elders, they want this or that. Well, I don't know. Scripture says, Jesus says, I don't know. We need to learn the proper place of authority that God has given to operate in the world. A couple more here. You trust in yourself, your money, whatever. That's where your trust lies. And then how about this one? And I'm, this is not exactly, you know, there's thousands of these, hundreds of them anyway. How about the fact that you are never serious about anything? Everything is always a joke to you. You've got to make fun of it, make a joke about it. Or on the other hand, you are dead serious about everything. And you can never laugh at anything. And use the sense of humor that God gave you. You are stiff as a board. That's my little list. Hopefully that has touched you to look at yourself. Maybe you have some of those and there may be others. Like I said, Jesus just wants the best for us so we can serve him and truly be joyful in life and get rid of some of these things that harm us and understand all the goodness that there is in Christ. John 14, I'm going to close out. We must let Jesus live in the house and let him make the needed changes. We've got to trust him, trust his love for us, his wisdom that he knows what he's doing, trust his promises that it will be good for us, and you will love it. You will love it when he makes the change. It will be so much better. John 14, 22. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, what then has happened that you are going to disclose yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. That's kind of what we've been talking about this morning. And my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our abode with him. Another promise. And this is what life is about. Let me go back to first part there, John 14, where Jesus says, you know, again, the disciples, Peter says, where are you going? I want to come. And he says, you can't come now. You come later. And then he makes a promise. If I go away, I go to prepare a place for you. That what? That you can go there and have a lot of fun? And enjoy life and just, you know, be free. You know, I think heaven or the new heavens and new earth is going to be a great and marvelous place. But what does he say there in John 14, 3? If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am, there you may be also where I am. That's the essence of life eternal being with Jesus. And we can have a taste of that now in this life when Jesus comes to live in us by the Holy Spirit. It's a preview of life eternal.
when he comes to live. In Eden, man dwelled with God. In Christ, God dwells in man. The lesson's yours. Hopefully we have prodded and poked a little bit and exhorted, brought some things to mind, things that we all need to cooperate better with and listen to the Lord Jesus more about the things in my life that he really wants to change so Jeff can be a better Christian, a better servant, a better husband, a better father, a better grandfather, a better minister, a better neighbor, a better brother in Christ. And that should be our aim. As we close out, as you're ready this morning to give your life to this Jesus, You've never done that. can be a fearful thing. Some of the things I've said, you know, things have to change. But Jesus is a marvelous, loving Lord. And he'll lead you gently down the path of change. He'll remove your sin, give you the gift of the Spirit, and set you in the right way. If you're ready to obey the gospel, we're here to assist you. You are a Christian. Something we've said this morning has struck you in your soul. And you like prayer this morning. Uh, maybe for something, you know, you don't have to tell us what it is, but just something that you know you really want prayer for, you want to change. We're here as a family of God to pray for you and to pray with you. So if you want to respond this morning, please come while Brother Don leads us. <coughs>